Hey everybody, welcome back. It is the Razball Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am beat on, joined by the fantasy master Lothario, the spectacled, mustachioed man of mystery, Gray Albright. How you doing, Gray? Hey, what's going on, beat on? Uh, just got back from uh, my vacation. You didn't even ask me how uh, my vacation was. What's wrong with you? <laughs> well, you asked me how I was doing before I could really go into anything, and you know that comes with... A story from me followed up by how are you doing, usually. <laughs> so I just tried to skip the middle band there, remove myself, and let just let, let you talk about it. Okay, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm hurt, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> so is that good, huh? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, my feelings are hurt. Your feelings are hurt? <laughs> my, physi- my physical pain <laughs> is non-existent. My internal pain longs. For someone who cares, <laughs> I uh, yeah, I was in. Uh, I went to Hawaii, man. Hawaii, Aloha, uh, Spam Masubi, Loco Moco, Mahalo. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I just got back. Uh, I just got back from uh, Honolulu. Have you ever been? Uh, I have. I've been once. It's nice. a it's a very long flight from the East Coast to Hawaii. So yes. <laughs> so it's ones I don't do a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, no, I agree. I, 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 I was thinking that I was like, if I was probably on the East coast, I'd probably just go to the Caribbean. Yeah, I that's pretty I, much I what I do. I'm like, I'll just yeah, jump down the Caribbean or like, if I just want water, I'll just head like East or like to Miami or anywhere in, in Florida. Like you can just, there's plenty of places if I just want to, just want to get to water. So <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So anyway, so uh, I, I'm not going to go on too long about this because we're going to have a, a long show. But I don't know if people realize I went to uh, Lanai. Uh, do you know Lanai, the island, uh, the Hawaiian island? It's the second biggest one, right? Mm, don't know size. Okay. <laughs> but I found out that uh, it's owned by Larry Ellison, the guy who started Oracle. I don't realize. I didn't realize we're now selling island uh, American islands to uh, billionaires. <laughs> we're selling whatever we can, Gray. We got so much debt. Like if somebody oh, wants something, it was a new one to me. So I was like, <laughs> so I was I was talking to. By the way, the island you have to take a, a private charter to the island, and then or a boat. And like they're at the uh, you you do it from Honolulu. You have to take it. Uh, you have to take the private uh, charter or a boat over to uh, Lanai. And um, in the uh, like in the boat, I took the boat when I was at Lanai. I, I took the boat. I also took the plane. And in both places, I was like, so does Larry Ellison like own this plane? And or boat, and they're like, yes, you <laughs> everything. Just he assume owns- the answer is yes. Yeah, like I was at the gas station, the one gas station on the island, by the way, and I'm like, so does Larry Ellison own this? They're like, yes, he owns the gas station. <laughs> Dude, literally owns the island, like everything. I was like, so does he like like I'd like talk to a a, uh, a local, I'd be like, so does he own your house? Like, yes. He owns- <laughs> that a billionaire is literally owns the entire island like it's wild anyway that's just a side note um i guess we should start talking about baseball i would love to own a small town or an island that sounds amazing if i was a billionaire just like right although i would not let like anybody on it it'd be like 
if you have to like know me or you're not you're not coming to my island like yeah I'm just like I, I'm just imagining like setting up shop uh, on Lanai and being like, well, I guess Larry Ellison now owns me. <laughs> <laughs> he owns me. I, I mean, uh, there's I I moved to Lanai and I was purchased by Larry Ellison. Product of Larry Ellison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so wild. Anyway, let's uh, let's talk baseball. Yeah, let's go ahead and get into it a little bit here, uh, real quick. Let's talk about the only interesting thing from the entire home run derby. Uh, I guess the set, there's two things, but, you know, we'll, we'll skip in the one. We're going to home run derby. We're only going to talk about it real quick because, Vlad, this is the second time he's done it. Do you have a feeling about, like, the second half performances from home run derby contestants in general or about any of these specifically? And then, um, you know, yeah. where where are we at on, on kind of Vlad and the home run derby guys? Or is it just – it doesn't really matter and, and like – Worst case, maybe they're a little sore. Right. So, um, couple thoughts because I, uh, I watched, um, I watched the home run derby when I was in Lanai actually on a TV owned by Larry Ellison at like <laughs> ten in the morning, sitting, sitting <laughs> on a couch owned by Larry Ellison in a hotel room owned by Larry Ellison. Okay. Anyway, so I was watching it and I was thinking that like the home run derby used to be like sluggers. Um, joining, uh, not jo- joining, the sluggers would participate in the home run derby and then they would be worried that it would screw up their swing. And now it almost feels like sluggers who are struggling join the home run derby or participate in order to like fix their swing. Like it's like a totally, it's a totally different uh, feeling to me for like the home run derby. Like now I feel like with the home run derby, it's like you want, like a guy like Vlad to be in it and like hopefully realize again that he can hit home runs <laughs> because, <laughs> because that's been a struggle for him like this year again. And you know, like I I'm starting to feel like how I feel with Juan Soto where their talent is immense, obviously, but I'm almost starting to feel like they might be better real world hitters than they are for fantasy if they're going to hit line drives and and uh, ground balls uh, potentially with like 115 mile per hour exit velocities. I, I'm I'm fine. I like I still like Vlad. I still like Juan Soto to a certain you know to a certain extent for both of them. But I really don't feel like their value for fantasy is necessarily on the same plane as where we, uh, you know, what we think of them uh, necessarily. Like, I, I feel like they might be slightly overrated for fantasy. Um, my other thoughts on the uh, home run derby was Vlad Guerrero Sr. had so many kids. <laughs> it's like they're like rushing nesting dolls of Vlad Guerrero Sr. It's like they have like... <laughs> The seven, there's like seven Vlad Juniors. You're like, ah, I think that's Vlad Junior Junior, and then there's Vlad <laughs> Junior Junior Junior, and then there's Vlad Junior Junior the second. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I really, you know, it's, it's weird to say that a guy like Vlad, <laughs> Vlad specifically, is uh, overrated because, like, you know, he's he's basically. 
a 30 homer, uh, 30, the you know, 30 homer, seven steal, 275 hitter, which is fine, which is good. But I, I think if you were to put that on someone else's, um, you know, if you were to put a different name in front of that, like, for instance, like Christian Walker or Vlad Jr. I mean, I guess Vlad Jr., but is it that dramatically better for Vlad than Christian Walker? I don't, I mean, I don't know. Or like, or even like Goldschmidt, who I think is, you know, start, you know, he's older, obviously, and he's, he's starting to fade a little bit, maybe with his skill set, but him or Vlad, you know, like these guys are all definitely uh, behind uh, Vlad in terms of, uh, your fantasy, perce- your perception of them, like if people, people would never draft Vlad after Christian Walker in like a, you know, in the preseason at least, or, or any draft, um, you know, of the last couple years. But in reality, I don't know. I mean, are they really that different? Not that, and I'm not saying I'm like a huge Christian Walker fan either, but I, I definitely feel like. Vlad or Christian Walker or Vlad or Goldschmidt or Vlad and like, ah, who else? Anyone else come to mind? Like, oh, Vlad, like Josh Naylor right now is around Christian Walker on the player Raider and above Vlad Jr. Um, Josh Naylor or Vlad? I mean, I would probably still say Vlad. Uh, I abs- act- actually, I absolutely would say Vlad. Yeah, but <laughs> Naylor has been better than Vlad. So, like, are they? You know, it's like perception of Vlad is definitely way above where he has been for fantasy since his you know huge year in 2021. Which I don't know if we're ever gonna. S- I-, I mean, maybe we see it again, but. He's definitely going to have to – he's going to have to change his approach or something. Like, I don't know. It's, like, definitely feels like because of that minor league park situation, really sort of inflated Vlad Jr. And and by that, I mean, if people don't remember, the Jays played in a, uh, a minor league park for uh, part of that season. So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think people's perception of Vlad – might be a little bit inflated from where he actually is in reality. Yeah, I think for just the stats, just the, the base numbers, and we kind of talk about this in the in this group of guys, like the Vlad, the Juan Soto, the guys who are supposed to be average. You know, they're, they're supposed to. I think we would predict we would have predicted both of them for more power than they've given us, or at least you know, if you ranked Soto well, you definitely you know saw a bounce back. The average really isn't there. They're both on-base machines, but that's that's not our typical game. You know, it's a, a subsection of, of our game or, a, you know, the custom versions. I know you have some OBP leagues. So it's a little bit different in those where their OBP really does carry over year to year, but the average is not necessarily sticky. Like, to be a 300 hitter every year is so hard, and these guys are some of the best hitters in the game, and they're not necessarily a guaranteed 300 and then you need to put up the runs and the RBIs really to kind of put the full package together and that's where like Paul Goldschmidt can be above them where like he's just 
he's hitting the right spots. His average is a little bit higher. Like there's different things that he's he's kind of ticking the boxes off better than what Vlad is doing right now. Um, you know, the the run numbers are, are down on Vlad. Um, RBIs are good. RBIs are always there for him, but without the power, some of those runs aren't there, and just it doesn't allow the the lineup to get continue to turn over as much. So yeah, I mean, there's definitely something to that. That being said, the reason you take Vlad over, you know, some of these guys we're talking about, the Christian Walkers, the Nailers, the Spencer Steer, you know, even Goldschmidt to some extent, to because of his age, is just the upside we know Vlad brings. He could put up a 320-40 home run season that comes with 110-110, and then, you know, you're, you're pretty happy with life. Moving on, let's talk about the call-ups. There's been a bunch of call-ups over the last kind of 10 days. Let's just get it into them. We've been uh, teasing this guy's call-up. I mean, you've been teasing his call-up for forever, Gray. Um, instead, every single Reds call-up got called up first. But Christian Encarnacion Strand is finally called up by the Reds. And my question is, kind of the question that you you posed to me when I asked you if he was getting called up anytime soon is where's he gonna play gray <laughs> yeah right uh man i know <laughs> where is he gonna play um yeah so about that <laughs> uh you know i really i i like uh jake fraley <laughs> and friedel i like them a lot for fantasy. So I I don't kind of I don't want them to lose playing time to be honest. <laughs> like even though I do like CES a lot uh and I I want to see him play but uh, I mean Avado's been platooning, right? Um Fraley's been platooning. Uh I guess you could platoon Will Benson and <laughs> Nick Senzel. I don't know, man. I like honestly, so like some of these guys have to play. Like Friedel, like okay, so see uh Christian Carcion Strand, CES, he's not gonna play center, obviously. He's he's not gonna he's not gonna catch. Uh he's not gonna play over Ellie de la Cruz, he's not gonna play short, he's not gonna play second. So, like, he can play, like, he can DH, obviously. Uh, he can potentially play a little bit at first. He can play a little bit at uh, third. And he can play a little bit at in uh, left field, I suppose, and move uh, Steer to third or and move Ellie to short and McLean to second. Like, I don't know. Like there's, and then <laughs> India and then India goes to first. Like there's a lot of moving parts like India, Ellie De La Cruz, India, McLean, steer. I don't, uh, Tyler Stevenson. I don't think they're losing their spot anywhere, you know? Um, so that leaves, I guess, Vado, and Fraley and Benson having some sort of like four man platoon with CES. I mean, I guess potentially. I honestly, I don't know. Like, 
I, I think that was, you know, because I was really excited for um, CES about two months ago. And I, uh, you know, I was adding him everywhere because I thought he'd be the first one up. I thought he'd be up before Ellie De La Cruz. And then he wasn't called up. And then I, I started, and then Steer started playing really well. And it was like, well, it kind of makes sense that CES wasn't called up because there's no place for him to play. And now I'm sort of the same mind where I like, I mean, I want CES to play, but I also don't want it at the expense of some other guy. So I guess maybe Will Benson gets hurt the most and potentially Fraley, but I don't know, man. Like, I honestly, I don't, I don't know because like, I guess, I don't know. Maybe he put tunes with Fraley, but then he's, but then he's only facing lefties, which is awful. Like you don't want to, you don't want a guy who's only going to face lefties, obviously. Like that's not good. So, I mean, I've sort of cooled a bit on CES because I honestly don't know his, his, how many at bats he's going to get. Like I would add him everywhere just in case, like, you know, um, David Bell uh, or the Reds, uh, David Bell slash the Reds surprised me. And, you know, CES plays every day and Fraley gets benched, I guess. Or I don't know. Or I guess Benson goes to the bench and Fraley plays right. And CES becomes the everyday DH. I mean, if that happens, I guess that's good. I, I don't know. It, there's so many moving parts here. I have no idea. I'm guessing there's going to be some sort of four-man platoon for three spots is, is my best guess here. Um, I, I like CES, though. Like I said, I would add him. I think he's got huge power. He could Right now, he can come up and hit probably you know over 162 games. You're looking at a 35 home run hitter uh, with good contact in that park could be excellent. I mean, he could, he could honestly, he could be, he could be the call up of the, of the year from this point forward. Uh, and that's, you know, we're going to about to, we're going to about to talk about like five or six other great call ups, but he could be the call up, uh, for the rest of the year. Uh, but, uh, it's really going to come down to playing time. So I don't know. What's your thoughts? Yeah, and I, I guess I didn't read his stats off from AAA this year. In 67 games, he has 20 home runs, two stolen bases. He's hitting 331, 405, 637. I think it was almost like one of those things where he had just forced their hand. Like there was nothing else for him to do in the minors other than just continue to just mash and then get bored. And so at least he's called up. He's he's traveling with the team. I think there's. I think it's good he's up there just for that, just to be with the team, to be with, you know, the young core of guys that the Reds have that are going to be the Reds for years to come. Like, get him up there. I mean, I think the easiest thing to do, and I re- a lot of people aren't going to like it, and I understand why, is to, like, sit Joey Votto down and be like, hey, you're a part-time DH now, and... That's what it's going to be. We're going to we're going to let you know CES have his run at first base for as long as he shows that he can hit at the level. And if not, you get your job and he goes back to the minors. But 
Like, everybody on the team is hitting. That's what makes it so hard right now is even the guys you are like, oh, well, you know, there's TJ Friedel, Friedel, and there's Will Benson, and, like, Jake Fraley. And you're like, but if you go look at their numbers, you're like, but they're kind of hitting. They're getting on base. They're really doing, like, what they're supposed to. Will Benson has, like, a 392 on base right now, hitting out of the nine spot for the Reds. That's that's pretty insane for your nine hitter who everybody would say you could just like throw to the bench. Yeah, no, completely. No, I I agree. I mean, it, in I think best case scenario, Vado is the one who gets benched, but I just don't see that happening. No. I mean, realistically, I just I can't imagine the Reds bench Vado uh, indefinitely. Um, platoon him, sure. I mean, they've already they're already platooning him a bit, but. That means platooning CES and Vado, it puts us back on the same situation where CES is now just facing lefties, which is terrible. Yeah. I mean, that's not that's not good. Yeah, this is uh, really not really a perfect spot. Yeah, no, it's not it's not ideal, and I really don't see CES being. I, but I also don't see CES being called up to only face lefties, which because yeah. that really makes no sense either. <laughs> so it's a. Uh, yeah, I mean it, it's a lot. I, I I mean I guess my my best guess is Fraley goes to the outfield and CES DHs uh indefinitely uh for you know against most uh, against everyone except maybe you know occasionally it gets uh benched. Um you know 5 6 days a week wouldn't be bad for CES. I would take that if I uh you know, if I spent the fab on him, uh, I actually I have him in uh, like I drafted him in a couple draft champion leagues like back in you know March or whatever. So I've been sitting on him forever, uh, and I'm in a situation where I I mean I'm going to start him because you know just for <laughs> the sheer factor of like sitting on him so long, but like you know him or Patrick Wisdom. Him or Alex Call. I know Alex Call's not an exciting name, but he's been, you know, he's been hot since the break. And uh, Patrick Wisdom, you know, plays most days. Uh, so that's where I'm at. I'm going to play CES because, you know, just for the sheer excitement factor of being able to finally put him in my lineup. But I don't know. We'll see how this week goes with him. Yeah. I mean, we didn't even mention Nixon Zeller's. It's kind of like riding away right now, doing exactly what you mentioned would be like, worst case, he's he's literally a platoon lefty bat right now yeah. for them, if which were, is if they were, awful. If they had any sense, I would say, if the Reds had any sense, I'd say Senzel and, I don't know, uh, Benson? No, I don't know. It, it, Senzel and someone else for, like, Stroman or... Uh, even like a even like a smiley type, they need. I mean, the Reds need arms. They're they're yeah. rolling out Luke Weaver every fifth day, like he's a thing. <laughs> Luke Weaver's <laughs> awful. I mean, he shouldn't. He shouldn't even be in the bullpen. I mean, he's so bad. <laughs> it's uh, a, it's pretty it's pretty <laughs> awful what the, the Reds are throwing out as as a rotation compared to how good their the offense looks one through nine. It's it's pretty embarrassing. Yeah. Um, Let's go ahead and move on to the Pirates. They had a couple of call-ups. The big one being, and actually, I think they had three call-ups. They're, they're doing all sorts of things, the Pirates. Uh, now that Super 2 is by, and yeah, they're, they're actually, 
I don't know that they're necessarily competitive in the division. I, I think that's um, that's maybe stretching it a little bit, but they're not. You know, they're they're trying to put the team together for the future. Indy Rodriguez, he's the biggest name. Let's start with him. Assuming he's gonna probably get starts at catcher, he's already gotten one, I believe. Uh, he's probably gonna see DH, maybe some first base as well. He played some games at second in the minors and like outfield back in like four years ago. I don't expect him to see him in the outfield, but maybe you get him like first first base, maybe like an inning at second base. Um, 67 games at AAA this year. He's six home runs, four stolen bases, 268, 356, 415. It's a, it's a big prospect call-up for the Pirates, but a lot of times catchers get bumped up the prospect list because of the same reason they do for fantasy purposes. Is this a guy you're really interested in, or is this like, if you have a failing catcher, go ahead and swap him out, but you know, keep it Keep your expectations in check. Yeah, I was actually surprised that I uh, I was able to get Andy Rodriguez. I overestimated uh, how much people were interested in him because I was able to get him in one fab league. Uh, out of 1000 I bid $35, I think, and he went for 9 I mean, excuse me, the, the runner-up was 9 So I overbid by a decent amount. I mean, you know, 35 out of a thousand isn't going to kill me, but I was still surprised at how little the runner-up was on that bid. Um, yeah, and in another league, he actually went for like eighty something. So it was only only one league where he, I could have got him for like barely double digits on out of a thousand. Um, you know, I, I was surprised by that. I thought he had more hype. Maybe people have cooled a little bit on him because his uh, season this year has been a little bit eh. Um, I mean, that's due to his, you know, he had an elbow injury. So I think that's why we're, you know, his his stats are down a little bit this year. He's still, like, super talented. Like, his he's got a great eye. He could probably come up. And have like a three forty plus on base percentage, just like off, you know, immediately in the major leagues, which is you know very good. I would say probably a nine plus walk rate, uh, a maybe a seventeen uh, percent uh, strikeout rate. Like he's so- he's really solid with like the hit tool. The power, I don't know. I don't know if the power is going to play. Like, in PNC is not a great park as it is. He might hit, you know, a handful of homers, say, like, five to seven, maybe seven to ten. I, I doubt it even gets that high. Probably more like five to seven homers and maybe five to seven steals. So, you know, maybe a seven-seven 270 hitter which is for a catcher i guess um you know now that i say that out loud i guess i see why people didn't bid that much on him (laughs) (laughs) now now i'm regretting bidding (laughs) as i i guess i should have had a a conflab with myself before bidding um yeah yeah i mean i guess uh i guess he's okay (laughs) Damn it! What did I do? No, I yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's, I, you know, honestly, I mean, catchers, as you were alluding to, catchers 
struggle usually when they first come up. It's not it's not often you see a catcher come up and hit well uh, because they they have to deal with um, you know the pitching staff and so they're learning a lot of things. And like if a catcher calls a good game from you know if like Andy goes out and calls a good game from Mitch Keller say like that's a success in the Pirates' eyes. Even if he goes 0 for 4, it doesn't help fantasy. So, you know, like there's different expectations when it comes to catchers. So I I like Andy. You know, I would definitely take a flyer on him in most leagues. Like people were talking, uh, people were asking in the comments today, uh, Monday, about like Yanir, Yanir uh, Diaz or Andy Rodriguez. And um, I was saying Andy just for the upside and I think when uh, Jordan returns, hopefully this week, uh, that's going to hurt Diaz's playing time. So I, I was saying go Andy for the uh, for the upside gamble, but like Andy or say Tyler Stevenson, I'm still you know even though Tyler Stevenson struggled a bit, I'm still going Stevenson. Like I'm I don't think Andy Rodriguez is the answer to everyone's catcher problems, but. I would take the flyer in like, especially in a two catcher league and in a one catcher league, you know, I would take the flyer for upside. If you have like someone who's not really that interesting uh, of a catcher and you're like looking for something, you know, just to spark things um, like maybe say like, I don't know uh, if you're struggling, if you have like a, K- a Kiebert uh, Ruiz or a, um, uh, Cal Raleigh or, you know, Blake Sable, I would try Andy probably, you know, it depends on people's team situations, but I like them. I just would keep your expectations, you know, somewhat low. Yeah. I think like Cal Raleigh is a good like line for me. That's probably the line where I'm taking Cal just because he's look, if everything goes great for Andy, he could hit for average and power and like probably, probably be better than Cal. But best case scenario in all likelihood is Andy hits home runs, average suffers because he's going for power. Like that's probably best case scenario for us, which makes him Cal Raleigh. So I'm I'm for this season I'm going there. Next season, you know, I may rank Indy above Cal depending on what we see from him here at the end of the season, you know, then he'll have time to adjust and everything. But I think if you go and look at the player that's about the line. Like MJ Melendez, as much as I, I kind of liked him in the preseason, hasn't been much. Gabriel Moreno is, is has an okay average for a catcher, but that's that's literally all he's doing right now. Um, Gary Sanchez had like that hot two weeks when he came up, and he's been just awful since then. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's kind of the catcher twelve to fifteen range uh, where where Andy kind of slots in for me. Moving over to Leover Puguero. Sorry if I butchered that name. Also called up by the Pirates. 69 games at AA. He went 11 home runs, 19 stolen bases, 50, 34, 260, 333, 453. And then seven games in AAA. He had two home runs, two stolen bases, and was hitting 260. Is Puguero somebody you're adding, or is he going to be more of a depth call up right now for the Pirates? Uh, Yeah, I mean, right now he looks like he's probably like uh i would say no only for sure but you know everyone basically in no only and ao only uh 15 team mixed league 
looks like potential uh, for him, depending on how he looks this week. He wasn't in. He wasn't in my fab uh, league. You know, he wasn't available for me for fab this week. So it, it, it's good opportunity to see what he does this week um, as far as playing time. You know, what he can do on the field, it seems like he's got great speed and some power and, you know, might struggle a little bit for uh, average, at least on his first call up. But he looks pretty. I mean, his minor league numbers look good. Um, I, I mean, he, uh, you know, the Endy thing's got. He's got catcher uh, eligibility, so that uh, is more enticing for a lot of people, uh, where they have their uh, MI spot already, like uh, you know, taken care of usually. Uh, but if you're struggling at MI, even in a 12 team mixed league, I would definitely keep an eye on Pagero. Uh, Livior Pagero, Livior, Livior, Livior. <laughs> it seems like it would be like an anagram for like Oliver or something. Oliver, <laughs> Oliver, Gerber. <laughs> I, I was trying to do an trying anagram to put something his last on the, name on the last name there. Yeah, I took the I took the easy one, Greg. I got that one out of the out of the way. <laughs> All over Okay, anyway, yeah, I mean, he's got speed and power, and he didn't strike out a ton in AAA, even though it's a real small sample size, uh, or even in AA, which had a, a larger sample size. That's what she said. I, I you know, I like, I like him, you know, on, on, on its face. His numbers look really good for fantasy. I'm kind of interested in seeing how he get what, what kind of playing time he gets, because... Again, I don't see why they would call him up to bench him. So I'm guessing he plays short. But also they have, uh, you know, at some point, Cabrian Hayes is going to return, which, you know, obviously he's third. But third, then Trilio, where does Trilio go? Does Trilio go to the bench, I guess? Uh, there's a lot of yeah. Pirates have a, a bunch of guys now. Uh, Nick Gonzalez has been you know doing fine, and he just got called up, so I'm assuming he's going to play. Yeah, I mean, I I think Pagoro plays, and if he does, he's he looks pretty interesting. Honestly, I, I'm kind of bummed I didn't get him in any NL only um, leagues. Like you know, he was a, a late in the day call up on Sunday and fab was running like maybe, you know, within like a half an hour of him, you know, supposedly getting the call. And so he went for pretty cheap because I just, I couldn't get like my bid in. I, I didn't realize he was getting called up. I wish I would have because for NL only, he looks great. Maybe for 15 team mixed leagues, depending on how his uh, at bats look this week. Yeah. Definitely see how the at bats look and see if he's getting playing time. It just kind of depends on where they're going to shift, you know, the guys in their infield because he really he hasn't played outfield. Like there's a few guys in their infield who just don't have that flexibility to, to move out the outfield. Maybe that's something a couple of them will work on to give them some flexibility for next year. But as of now, there's a lot of infielders and not enough positions. So we're kind of in, as weird as it seems, the Reds and Pirates have too many good bats for their lineup. Which again mm-hmm. sounds really weird. weird. Um, <laughs> it's weird. I mean, Carlos Santana <laughs> could get traded the, uh, like how about all the, tomorrow. Uh, how about all the bats? The the 
Orioles have. I mean, <laughs> the, Ori- <laughs> the Orioles, Reds, and Pirates, man. Don't mess with those teams. Such a <laughs> such a weird spot. Right <laughs> it's really bizarre. <laughs> I know. We're in the Twilight Zone right now. Uh, and then they also called up um, Quinn Priester Gray. I think this was a... I, it's, it's it's a smaller call up. It's not. Uh, I don't think it's on the level of a of you know Puguero or Indy. Where are you at on on Quinn Priester? Uh, yeah, Priester. I think is strictly NL or a streamer at this point. Uh, he's got. It looks like he's going to struggle with command a little bit, and he doesn't have really like a great fastball. So his um his strikeouts maybe kind of wanting so i priester to me looks like you know nl only or streamer in a in a, a deeper mixed league at this point so we'll see but i don't have much faith in priester uh as of right now yeah this seems more fill in while they they figure out what to do with their fifth rotation spot for now but we'll see what happens with priester primary curveball guy uh, that's, I mean, that we'll see how that goes. Curveball is always such a tricky pitch, um, especially if it's the primary. So keep an eye on Priester, but NL only, and, and that's probably about it. And that's really just to kind of pick him up and, and see how it goes. Move it over to another catcher, although I don't think he has catcher eligibility in all leagues right now. Tyler Soderstrom was called up by the Athletics. He had 20 home runs this year, one stolen base, 45, 59. He's hitting 254, 303, 536. I assume he's going to play some catcher and some D, and get some D, time at DH. But, I mean, they have a couple of catchers they've been using. Do we? I, I don't know if they're going to drop one or if it was just kind of a, you know, let's get him up, let's get his bat up here and figure out the, the catcher thing later. Yeah, I mean, he looks like he's got – Big time power, uh, you know the uh, the power even even Oakland where power isn't you know easily come by uh, with the stadium. I think he can still hit for power even in that stadium. So I'm, I, I mean he is like probably a 15 team mixed league uh, or deeper. I I don't think about like 12 team feels a little bit too shallow for him uh, for right now, at least like if he gets hot, then, you know, then potentially maybe, you know, he could potentially be someone who you could pick up as like a hosh potato or something. But I don't see him being a 12 team mixed league guy at this point. For deeper leagues, though, I, I mean, he looks like he's got good power. So, you know, I, I think he could potentially struggle for average a little bit. Like, um, <coughs> projections have him down for hitting, like, 215. That, you know, I don't know, maybe. It, potentially, I guess. But he, you know, if he hits, like, maybe 12 to 15 homers in only half a season – and then, you know, it, it becomes a little bit more interesting. I, I think he's likely, because he's a, a corner man, if he's got catch eligibility, <coughs> then, you know, great, uh, you know, for your, you know, for fantasy. But in most leagues, where I've seen at least, he's only had first base eligibility. And that, you know, if you're going with uh, Soderstrom over, like, a guy, you know, if you need Soderstrom at corner – 
you've got other issues. <laughs> you've got bigger fish to fry, probably. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I would take a flyer in a 15 team mixed league or deeper. I just, I don't think it, he's not, you know, the A's aren't going to give him a, a lot of counting stats. And for me, he needs probably to show it before I'm I'm really excited about him because of, you know, the A's situation and the fact that he could hit for a bad average. So, yeah, I'm I'm watching but I'm not really picking him up in most leagues. Yeah, that's that's totally fair until we figure out where he fits in and they I guess in the corresponding move uh, Manny Manny Pena got put on the IL for the wrist issue he's been kind of dealing with for a little bit now. So, We'll see how long he gets here. I don't know if this is a strict, we need a backup catcher and he's going to DH, or if this is, you know, he, he's up and this is this is it, he's, he's up for, for good. I will say if they're going to give him DH time as well, he becomes more interesting just for the plate appearances that he's going to get where other catchers are getting days off. So I, a little bit, I think a little bit more interesting for me than Indy when we were talking about who we kind of grab right now. But that also means you're carrying him kind of for a week or two while he gets catcher eligibility slowly built up. So that that's the downside is if you you're now carrying a guy you can't really you're not really wanting to play. So that's that's maybe depending on whether you have the bench for that or not. I did scoop him up in one of the I think it's the uh, the Waffle House draft the Wharf uh, draft here. I have him and I'm. Currently deciding whether I'm rolling him out there or Joey Gallo as my quarter infield. Gallo's just been home power, and that's been it for me. Um, so that's where I'm at for this week, and then we'll reevaluate when he he's gets not. Catcher. I mean, yeah, he doesn't have catcher eligibility in most leagues yeah. yet, though, right? No, he doesn't. Oh, and okay. So yeah, I actually that's... picked up both. I picked up Indy and Soderstrom in that one, and I'm just going to see kind of. Which one hits, and then the other one's getting dropped. That's that's game. Yeah, well, in one league, uh, Soderstrom went for eighty-eight out of a thousand, which seems kind of slightly crazy. Yeah, I got my, I got both of them for like thirty dollars, I think, or less than that. So yeah, that sound. I mean, that seems that sounds like you know what I paid for Andy in that one league, which seems about right. Um, Soderstrom went for twenty-one in a, another league out of a thousand. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I'm like I feel like he could potentially be better than Andy Rodriguez if he has catcher eligibility uh for this year because you know Andy is like uh a five homer, five steal, two sixty hitter. If Soderstrom hits two forty and gets twelve homers, Soderstrom will beat out Andy for fantasy value for this year at least. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. So that's that's kind of what I'm thinking. I'm thinking it's kind of like, uh, I mean, I hate to go back to it, it's kind of Cal Raleigh-ish, maybe a little bit more upside on, on the, the average, and yeah. that's that's what we're looking at. Um, Zach Geloff was also called up by the A's. 69 games of AAA, he has had 12 home runs, 20 stolen bases, 60 runs, 44 RBIs. He's hitting 304, 401, 529. I mean, is this is this the guy we should be looking at for the A's call up if we're if we're adding guys? 
Yeah, I mean, he looks good too. He kind of looks like uh, Leavor Pagoro. Yeah, but more, more playing time opportunity. Yeah, more obvious playing time at least. I mean, he definitely, like, I don't see where, you know, uh, Giloff is probably, I mean, playing out, you know, unless uh, Estuary Ruiz comes back and. Uh, Ruiz is out for how long? I don't even know. Maybe like a month, right? Yeah. I mean, it didn't yeah, sound he's great. Got, he's got the shoulder issue, so he's out for a while. So yeah, Gilov. I mean, he has potential, you know, and he's the kind of guy who you could probably add for cheaper than than most ads because I don't think anyone cares about Gilov. <laughs> I mean, you know, outside of his family. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't see a ton of people getting excited about Gilov. I mean, I for me, he looks like, you know, a good, solid, you know, smart fab ad that is like, you know, potentially has like, he has power and speed and may not, ki- and shouldn't kill you an average. Um, you know, he could potentially hit like two, you know, 240 maybe. He's not, I mean, he's got good contact. He doesn't really necessarily hit the ball that hard. So I don't know if the power is going to be there as much in the majors. You know, Oakland, uh, you know, the Coliseum's not great for power. So, I mean, he might only steal bases and hit for a few homers, like three homers, you know, three ho- say three to five homers, seven to 12 steals, 240 average potentially for the rest of the year from this point forward if he were to play every day and have uh, – you know, a job for the rest of the season. So, yeah, I I mean, there's worse gambles, I think, for, uh, you know, for playing time and for uh, for fab. I honestly, I would hope most people have better options, but, you know, <laughs> I don't know. In one league, uh, <laughs> anyway, in, in, for fab, one league, uh, someone grabbed him for $40 out of 1000 and then in another league, you know, he was take he was gone. He went for thirty one dollars out of a thousand. Both seem like reasonable uh, grabs. I I don't mind either to give people an idea of like where uh, people are seeing him at. Like uh, Zach Nito went for thirty two, and Geloff went for thirty one. So yeah, I mean that that seems about right. Nito or Geloff. Yeah, and I mean all his biggest competitors for playing time are like 35 years old so he really should get some run here i mean he would you would hope so um you would hope yeah so and he went for uh sub 20 dollars. he went for like the teens in both of my uh nfbc leagues so that's that's what you're looking at at least on on the ones that i saw so under 50 dollars would pretty much get you a i don't know i think a I mean, at least an an interesting middle infield option and see what happens. And he is—he was at Vegas in the PCL, so yeah, take the take the twelve homers for with a grain of salt. That's probably like three. Yeah, it's probably three, three to five maybe at best. Yeah. Um, I I do think like he's the kind of guy Pagoro too potentially. I think they're both kind of like only plays where uh, like Gloff in the AL only. Could be um could be great. Like in AO only, if you have a guy who's playing every day, 
uh, yeah, that's like phenomenal for AL only, <laughs> for for AL only or NL only, uh, depending on the player. But yeah, if they're playing, if they have an everyday job, that's like you know you can't ask for much more than that. Um, in a mixed league, yeah, you kind of want a little bit more than just at bats. <laughs> but the deeper the league, you know, if if a guy has at bats, he could potentially do something. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, you never know what comes with the opportunity of at-bats. We've seen plenty of non-prospects come up and absolutely just light the world on fire, even if it's for a short time. And so you can take advantage of some of those those instant kind of call up and, and then just when they're hot, they're seeing the ball well, and they just don't have a scouting report, they, they just do it. Moving over to the Orioles, I think we talked about him a little bit in the top 100, so not going to spend a ton of time on him, but wanted to mention it since we didn't really get him into an official podcast call-up scenario here. Um, Colton Kowser was called up by the by the Orioles, 56 games down in uh, AAA. He had 10 home runs, 7 stolen bases, 54, 40, 330, 459, 537. And I, I think this is a little bit, you know, it's, we're in a different realm of prospect than the guys we talked about, other than CES, who who is a, 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 you know kind of in the the same area as Kowser is, I would say. Um, so Kowser above all the catchers, and then the the Pueros and, and Gilofs. Where are you at on Kowser? What did what were you spending on him if you had him for Kowser? Kowser is similar to CES too, and that I have no idea where he's playing. <laughs> <laughs> the friggin' Orioles have too many options. Uh, you can't bench Aaron Hicks, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely uh, not. Maybe, I mean, maybe Cedric Mullins. I know people who have Cedric Mullins in leagues aren't going to want to hear this, but maybe Mullins is hurt. <laughs> so so that could be good, I guess, potentially for Kowser. Don't say that, Greg. Yeah, Don't, I mean, I'm, I'm really struggling with the fact that, like, I have Mountcastle in a bunch of places, and he's just lost his job somehow. Like somehow. Ryan, somehow. yeah, like I, I, I don't know. Like Brandon, Brandon Hyde was like, yeah, let's get Ryan in there at first base, and uh, and Mountcastle went to run on the field. He's like, ah, uh-uh. hold on, son, <laughs> hold on, hold on a second, son. I said Ryan. I was gonna say O'Hearn. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why? Wait a minute, Ryan O'Hearn. Is now the Orioles' first baseman? Oh, Ruh-roh. so so painful, man. I mean, this is like it's a the Mountcastle thing is really like <laughs> I don't. Let's move on from that. Uh, okay, so Kowser, like you said, Kowser is probably the best name of all these guys for fantasy for this year. If he were to have everyday playing time, it's CES or Kowser. I would say are probably pretty similar. Like in the top 100 overall for the second half, I didn't rank uh, CES because I didn't know he was getting called up. But if I knew he was getting called up and I knew he had an everyday job, I'd probably put him around where I put like Jordan Walker. And then Kowser, if he had everyday playing time, like I ranked him at 100 overall. uh, And that was, you know, it was more or less to say like any guy can be in the top 100. It wasn't necessarily Kowser, but it was like anyone who gets called up could be in the top 100. So CES or Kowser could be top 100 guys for the rest of the season. 
They really need playing time, though. And Kowser, if Mullins is healthy, like, I don't know where Kowser – like, Kowser potentially could play. I know, it, like, people are, might be listening to this and be like, Aaron Hicks doesn't need to play, but they're playing him. So I don't know what to tell you. I want to <laughs> play Aaron Hicks, but they're playing him. So, you know, it's like you can only do so much here. <laughs> Uh, Kowser, I think, has like no. He has really like the. He has the hardest time, uh, like for me to see playing time for him, unless Hicks or Mullins get in. If one of them gets injured, then Kowser has playing time, and and will and it would be a you know top one hundred overall guy. Kowser is like if he's got at bats, I really. I mean, he's got power. He's got speed. He could hit for a good average. He is an all-around solid prospect. I I just don't know where the playing time is. Yeah, I, I think from just comparing him and CES, I think the tools are a little bit louder with CES, but the the hit tool is, is significantly better, I think, on Kowser. So there's just kind of the what are you chasing a little bit in regards to, to which one I would go after. Um, but, yeah, I agree. Like, where is he going to play? Where is he going to fit in? It should be where in Hicks is sitting, and that should be the spot. Or, you know, swap him in for Santander at DH or move Hicks there. They they should find a space for him since they called him up, one would think. But you never know how it goes uh, when, when he you know, prospects get called up, especially the Orioles and anything Aaron Hicks related because Aaron Hicks just has the deal with the devil that he always gets playing time. <laughs> Moving over to the other call-up, I guess a recall from the Orioles, and that is Grayson Rodriguez. He had eight starts in the minors since being sent down. He had 41 in the third innings, 196 ERA, 109 whip. He had a 33% K rate and 11% walk rate. Up in the majors, I mean, we've seen what he was. He had five good starts and five really bad starts, or really, four really bad starts and one normally bad start, um, if we want to start separating them out here. But where are you at on the... Grayson Rodriguez recall. I know he hurts you, Gray. Are you, can can your heart look past the hurt and see it you know, objectively? You know, it's kind of crazy that he hurt me in the uh, in the first half with his, uh, you know, with how well he was, how terrible he's doing, and now he can hurt me again because I have since dropped him, and someone else has picked him up in all my leagues. <laughs> so, he can hurt me again. But this time by being good. <laughs> so, we will see what happens there. I'm almost, I feel like he's almost guaranteed to be good because I've dropped him everywhere. I, I, it's like there's no other way that this can play out, <laughs> I don't think. Um, yeah, I, I would say Grayson Rodriguez, uh, you know, neutral luck wise, he's probably like a 375 ERA guy with great strikeouts. He's going to be really good one day. I don't know if it's going to necessarily be this year. Uh, like, I still think even in the minors, his command was so wonky that, like, you know, a, a four-plus walk rate in AAA, like, that's terrible. Like, I don't know what happened, like, with his command this year because uh, his command was good previous years. So maybe if he finds, like, you know, the the problem and he's able to fix it, maybe he can be like as excellent as, you know, 
his potential is because he's really like he's got sky high potential. He's like he could be a top five pitcher in the major leagues. Absolutely. Like he's he's a 23 year old rookie. And even in those terrible, like in that terrible first half with the Orioles, he still had an 11 plus K per nine. Like he was still striking out a ton of guys. Like he was, he's really good. It's just a matter of like if his command, like in AAA, his command was 4.1. If his command, 4.1 walk per nine, if his command is that, like anywhere near that bad in the majors, He's going to struggle again. Like he's he's not going to be able to get by <laughs> like at all with just striking out everyone. Um you know, he could he'll strike out a bunch of people, but he's going to run into issues if he's walking people in the major leagues. So, yeah, I like him though. I would grab him in every league, like no doubt, like even in the shallowest of leagues to see if he has fixed everything because like if he has fixed like his command he's going to be amazing. Like he, you're looking at a guy who could potentially be like a top 20 starter immediately if his command is fixed. But I I just don't, I don't, I don't know if it is. Yeah. And for what it's worth, he had nine walks in his first two starts down in the minors. Um, So, and he cleaned it up, you know, from there, he had nine in the first two and 10 in the next, in you know, the next six. So it does seem like he cleaned it up That's good. quite a bit, at least from being awful to being more, you know, more in line with what he has been previously. And, you know, we never know what he's working on in the minors. They could have seen something that was specifically causing issues in the majors. And we're like, hey, we need you to go down and work on, you know, throwing the breaking ball over the plate more or, you know, whatever it might be. They may have given him specific directions and then, Maybe that caused some of the the walk issues or or whatever it might be. Um, So I'll give him a pass a little bit, small sample and and everything. Like I said, pick him up everywhere. See if he's figured it out because when he figures it out, it's going to be nice and you're going to be happy that he's he's sitting on your rosters. Uh, Let's move over to the Phillies. Uh, Johan Johas was called up by the Phillies. This is another one I'm not sure how the playing time is going to work out. 76 games at AA. He had nine home runs, 30 stolen bases. He was hitting 306, 361, 484. I mean, he's got speed for days, Gray, but uh, is, he, is he a playing time for days? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, he was even a guy who I was like, I lukewarm, lukewarmly, uh, no relation to Luke Walton or uh, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> or any other Luke. Uh, Luke, I Luke warmly bid on him even in NL only because I mean he does have speed, but I don't I don't think the playing time is going to be there unless there's going to be unless there's an injury because right now I mean if he's only facing lefties, which is what it looks like, I mean even if he does have you know forty steel speed, he's not going to have the playing time in order to show it. So yeah, I. I, I bid a couple bucks here and there in NL only leagues for him, but otherwise I wasn't in on uh, Johan Rojas. Yeah, it definitely feels like one of those things where they're just like, you know what, Brandon Marsh cannot touch a lefty. Let's just get anybody up who can do a little bit better than Brandon Marsh versus versus the lefties, and that seems to be what we're looking at with Rojas. Although, if you're looking for speed, 
it's kind of one of those daily fillers. Like if he's playing, throw him in there. Maybe you can grab yourself a stolen base or two just kind of day by day. Uh, Drew Ellis was also recalled by the Phillies, and I feel like this one is definitely a bench guy. Uh, 10 games at AA, he had three home runs. He was in 254, 409. 31 games at AAA, he had nine home runs, one stolen base. He's hitting 237, 348, 525. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, <laughs> moving on. Drew Ellis, moving on. <laughs> Oscar Colas was recalled by the White Sox. This is a guy that, again, carries quite a bit of prospect pedigree and had a lot of hype coming into the season. Uh, no thanks to myself hyping him up and, and trying to grab him everywhere. Uh, 48 <laughs> games of AAA since being sent back down. He has nine home runs, two stolen bases. He's hitting 293, 358, .508. Uh Prior to his recent call-up, he had 50, 84 plate appearances early in the season with a home run, two stolen bases, and he was hitting two eleven. Are you interested in Oscar Colas Part Two? Uh, you know, I'm beginning to think everything that the uh, the White Sox touch turns to crap. <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, I guess Louis Robert finally has broken out, but man, I don't know. Colas, he looks like he looks overmatched in the major leagues. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe he can finally put it together because it, it seems like. I, I mean, I don't want to say, guys, the quad. Quite a player after only 33 games in the majors. I mean, maybe like whatever he's doing in the minors is working, but it's not translating so far. At some point, maybe it does translate. I mean, they should definitely. I mean, the White Sox are playing for nothing, so hopefully they give him playing time and let him, you know, show if he's able to, uh, you know, have a click in the majors. But right now, uh, I'm interested in like 15 team mixed leagues and deeper, and even in 15 team mixed leagues, like you have to have like a hole in your lineup where you're throwing in colas. You're not you're not just you're not playing them over anyone who's uh, who's doing well. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm watching, but so far I haven't seen anything great. Yeah, it sounds like I'm maybe a little bit more interested just. He went back down to the minors and raked, so I'm willing to give him another opportunity. Yeah, he's only 24. He's flown through the minors. He went through three levels last year. I'm giving the kid a break. He went through three levels of minors, started the season up in the majors, giving the kid a break, and, and just letting him kind of resettle. I'm willing to pick him up in a 12-teamer, but that's that's probably it. I, 10 team. There's so many options in 10 team. Uh, that's probably out, but. That is what it is, and I think he should have. I think he should have playing time. Uh, I don't really know who needs to play over him, and and Eloy's dealing with his own kind of is he injured or isn't he thing right now. So <laughs> I, I think there's some playing time available for for Colas versus you know what we were talking about with CES and even even Kowser. Like they made, I like them both probably better, but I don't know they have playing time. I think the uh, I think you just you stumbled on a good nickname for Eloy Izzy. <laughs> as an is he injured or is he not? Is he in the lineup? No. Izzy. <laughs> Izzy Jimenez. <laughs> yeah. I, I I think he's out for uh, three to five games at least. Uh, Eloy, that is. Yeah. So you know uh, that's as of Monday. So I don't know. Okay, we'll see. 
So keep an eye on that. But I, I'm a little bit more interested. It sounds like in Colos, ready for it. Um, Michael Toglia was recalled by the Rockies. 73 games in AAA. He had 16 home runs, three stolen bases, 54-63. He was hitting 253-364-479. He had 25 plate appearances early in the season with the Rockies, where he hit 174. Not exactly a shining example here. I know you kind of mentioned it with Colas. I think it's too too early to put it on him. I might put Quad A on Toglia. And I know they're the same age, but just... The look doesn't. There's something about the look that doesn't feel right when he gets up to the majors. And maybe that's the same thing you're seeing in, in Colas. But yeah, well, no, I mean Colas. I want to see more Colas. I don't want to say Quade with him. Uh, Toglia, I think you know. Unfortunately, he's a Rocky, so that means he's never going to play. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you got to play Ryan McMahon. See what you have there. You know. You have to play C.J. Crone. You don't. You you don't want to miss out on what could potentially uh, be in Jerickson Profar. I mean, he has to play, of course. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to be benching thirty three year olds. <laughs> you got you got to bench the twenty four year old. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I honestly, I in an NL only. I took a flyer on to, uh, Michael Toglia, but I don't. I don't expect anything. Uh, you know, I guess we'll see with the uh, trading deadline. Maybe the Rockies actually move a couple of these guys. I mean, <laughs> Jerickson Profar <laughs> really could be traded, but we're talking about the Rockies, so I don't know if it's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, somebody could end up, you know, offering them something meaningful for Chris Bryant. They'd be like, no. No, nah, we're good. We want his contract. We want to. We no, want to hold on to that contract forever. <laughs> yeah, no, I. I don't think. Like, I honestly am trying to struggle to remember the last time the Rockies traded anyone. I mean, they sat on. They sat on poor uh, Herman Marquez for like four years, and they kind of traded. <laughs> I mean, he would have been so good on another team. I'm sure other people were asking about him, but. Yeah, I and then like Randall Grecheck. I mean, what are you guys, what, are, I mean, what are they doing with Randall Grecheck? Uh, it's like he should have been traded a month ago. I don't know. Anyway, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, then they got that sweet Austin Gomber package for uh, <laughs> Nolan Arenado. So I mean, that was that was well worth it. <laughs> Austin Gomber. <laughs> Threw in what seventy five million. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna pay Arenado to play for someone else. Oh my god, the Rockies are. Oh, uh, Chris Bryant's okay. gonna get the same same kind of thing, just less. Like they're gonna pay a lot of his contract to move him at some point. Um, Dane Myers was was called up, and he's called. He's actually claimed off waivers at the end of twenty twenty two by Miami. Uh, he was with the Detroit system. Uh, it did seem like an odd cut after he went 25 home runs, 20 stolen bases for them last year in Double A, but he was probably out of minors control years, didn't have enough space on the roster to protect him. Anyways, this year for the Marlins, he has he went seven home runs, 14 stolen bases, hitting 291, 395 at Double A, and then at 20 games at Triple A, he had six home runs, two stolen bases, and is hitting 440, 494, 707. 
over a small sample, but that's that's still a very nice set of numbers there over 20 games. Uh, I actually did pick up Dane Myers in a in a 15 team league where I'm just I'm I'm looking for Darth Those Gray. I'm trying to find anything to to put the second half together. And uh, I think there's maybe worse things you can do than and take a shot on Dane Myers' hot bat. Mm. Yeah, no, completely. I, I I messed up because for like a month now, Craig Mish, uh, the Marlins beat writer, has been DMing me, telling me to pick up uh, Dane Myers. My cousin. So I just realized. I just realized Dane Myers is uh, DM is Dane Myers. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> um, anyway, he's been saying, like, pick up Dane Myers in your NL only legs, and nah, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't! <laughs> I should have, though. My my issue was, like, he's, you know, uh, I, I have J.S. Chisholm in a bunch of leagues, and I was, you know, confirmation bias, I was saying to myself, like, well, Jazz is going to be healthy, so I don't, <laughs> I don't need to pick up Dane Myers because, like, where's Dane going to play? Because Chisholm's going to be healthy, right? 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 <laughs> oh, well. Um, yeah, I mean, Dane Myers does look pretty good. I mean, he looks interesting. He's definitely seems to me like he could potentially have that, like, Joey Menez thing where, like, he's so much older that he gets called up and, you know, hits well to start uh, and then, like, fades because, like, you know, he he could he could be quad A. <laughs> I know I keep saying quad A, but Dane Myers, <laughs> I mean, he is, he is 27. He is 27, I don't, yes. Uh, yeah, there is there, – he's a little bit behind, you know, in, in fairness to him, he's a little bit behind because I, I believe he used to be a pitcher – so for a while he was uh, pitching in the uh, Tigers minor leagues, um, you know, oh. for like a couple of years, and now he's a hitter. So, you know, he's he only has like two years as a hitter. So, you know, in fairness to him, you know, it's maybe not fair to say Quade because he could potentially, you know, he's just starting off as a hitter, kind of like he's a little bit behind the eight ball there. So yeah, I like I like Dan Myers a lot in NL only in a fifteen team mixed league. I could see the flyer. I mean, why not? You know, I you know potentially he could be like you know he's got good power and speed. And he may not hit for a terrible average. Like, you know, and it's a small sample size across, like, in 2023, he's always made good contact every stop in the minors and so far in the majors. So, yeah, I mean, he looks kind of good. I'm, I'm kind of kicking myself for not picking him up. Yeah, taught, I taught him everything he knows, all those all those family vacations that, I, that me and Dane took. Uh, all, all those years now. I'm kidding about that one. Uh, Alec Manoa was recalled, Gray. Uh, how happy are you about that? <laughs> now, see, that one, I don't, re- I don't regret <laughs> dropping him. He can screw off. I mean, F, F Manoa, man. Uh, he really messed. I mean, he was awful. <laughs> I I hate him. <laughs> oh my god, he was so miserable, dude. Ah, uh, between him, Lance Lynn, and Grayson Rodriguez, I mean, <laughs> no wonder why I'm like, I am battling like everywhere to like just get my ERA below four and a half. 
it's like it's a struggle. Uh, okay, so anyway, Manila, I don't, you know, I I wouldn't pick him up. Uh, honestly, I don't, and I don't think it's just because I've been burned by him so badly this year. Like his numbers, even in the uh, in the in Double A and the Complex League, he doesn't look like he fixed what was ever you know messed up with him this year. Like I. I don't think he's right still. I think they just I think the uh the Jays really needed an arm, so they called him up, but I don't think he's necessarily fixed. So I'm not going in on Manoa. I you know I I joke around I joke around about dropping him. I, I do have him in leagues where I don't have waivers. So I think I am going to start him against the Padres. So it's going to go bad, but, you know, <laughs> at a certain point, you just got to be like, whatever. We'll see what happens. You know, it's kind of like the path of uh, that I've taken with uh, Lance Lynn at this point. I'm just like, yeah, I, I guess I'll start him. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's not going to get better. <laughs> I've given up. I, I'm hoping just for a six ERA from Manoa and Lancelin combined. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I, I I would grab Manoa like in a I'd say in an AL only or a 15 team mixed league, but I'd be really like I, I'm really hesitant about like you know co-signing anything he's gonna do because I don't really feel like he's fixed the problems that he had this year. So uh, I would I would probably start him in a 15-team mixed league, but I would expect the worst. And I wouldn't touch him in a 12-team mixed league or shallower. Not yet, at least. Yeah, I think if you're grabbing him in a 12, it's probably a deep bench, and your, your pitching staff is, like, amazing. And you're like, hey, I'm just going to grab him. I'm going to stick him on my bench. And if it turns around and he's Alec Manoa from last year – my amazing pitching staff is like ultra amazing now, but that's about the only scenario in a 12 team. I think I'm grabbing him. I will say in the first start back in the majors, the drop looked a little bit better on the pitches. There was a little bit less horizontal. It was more vertical drop. Maybe that's something I'm not willing to commit to that. Cause it's kind of the, the drop with him has been a little bit all over the place all year. So I, it's really hard to say in one start that he, anything is necessarily changed. Uh, he, had, As you mentioned, he had two starts to the minors. He had one that went two innings. He gave up 11 earned on, like, it was awful. And then he had a five-inning, <laughs> one earned, 10K performance with zero walks. Like, it, that feels so Alec Manoa from this year that uh, I feel like that's pretty much what you're getting. And like you said, just start if you're starting him, you're just hoping – that you get the good ones and, and miss out on some of the blow-ups on occasion and, and just guide your way to like a five ERA somehow. Um, bullpen, let's let's move over to the closers, Gray. Uh, Hunter Harvey is heading to the IL. Do you, do you have any idea who's closing for the Nationals now, and does it even matter? <laughs> uh, I would say probably Finnegan. I, I mean, I would guess Finnegan uh, unless, you know, for whatever reason – well, not for whatever reason. I mean, Finnegan's terrible. <laughs> so, so, I mean, that's the reason. But, uh, you know, they they moved away from Finnegan, I guess, for good reason. Uh, but and he's been okay. He has a 3.43 ERA as of right now. 
with an eight and a half K per nine. So, I mean, he's passable. The Nationals aren't going to give him a ton of opportunities, obviously. But, yeah, I mean, I would pick up Finnegan in just about any league where I needed saves, even in the shallow leagues. You know, it's like, I mean, he seems like the no-brainer replacement for Harvey. Um, do I love Finnegan? No. But if you need saves, you know, Sagnoff. Yeah, I, I think it's Finnegan as well. And after a terrible April, he's he's kind of got it together. I think over the, like, since that point, he's been, if not sub two, real close to a sub two ERA guy. So he's been, he's been very strong after just an abysmal start to the season. If it's somebody else, I think maybe Mason Thompson. Um, he's also been pretty good recently. But, I, you know, anytime there's a, a younger player in a on a bad team, I know you always worry if they're going to give him the opportunities just because of the money part part of it. Whereas Finnegan's, you know, Finnegan's older; he's been around for a little bit longer. They're not necessarily worried worried about that with him at thirty one. I'm not even like I, I have no like uh, you know uh, insider knowledge at all on this. I'm just guessing, but. Finnegan feels like a guy that the Nationals will move at the deadline and then just give like a save or two to everyone and not really have a closer. Um, You know, that's just that's a gut feeling on that whole situation because like the Nationals don't need a closer for, you know, what (laughs) they're doing (laughs) this year. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, who knows? Maybe Finnegan is the closer from now until the end of the year. But if I were the Nationals, I would trade Finnegan and just, you know, use whoever for saves. Yeah, the Hardy V injury almost feels like the perfect timing for them to get Finnegan opportunities and then then move him. Um, again, his his numbers on the season, pretty strong after after the opening. Uh, Rose Chapman got a, a save off where Will Smith came in in, I believe, the seventh inning. Gray, is are we looking at a share here? Was this kind of a, a one-off scenario? What are you thinking in regards to the Rangers uh, closers there? Well, the uh, Will Smith got a he got the save on Sunday, and then Araldus got it on Saturday. And like you said, Will Smith came in in the seventh on Saturday, and then closed on Sunday. So I mean, who knows? I, Bochi said something like he would play matchups, which is like that is. I mean, Bochi does have a big head, and that is some big brain shit. If you're using two lefties in matchups, you're like, uh-uh. I mean, Bochi, they both throw with the same hand. What matchups? Okay, but yeah, I mean, I guess this is a committee. I'm, I'm assuming. Um, if I had to go with one of them, I would go with Smith, just because he's been solid all year and continues to be solid and Aroldis Chapman has been fine but he just hasn't been the closer for most of the year for the Rangers so I would go with the guy who's you know been there for most of the year but it could be a it could be a straight 50-50 split potentially yeah great I mean especially for those those hitters who struggle with fastball slider oh wait they both are fastballs. <laughs> uh, let's yeah, yeah. Oh wait, we have three lefties coming up. Which guy you want to use? Uh, the lefty or the lefty? <laughs> <laughs> now, a team that that is smarter than all of us, Gray, the Rays. 
Can we? Is it? If I say it, if, am I going to curse it? Do they have a closer? Do they actually have a closer? <laughs> I, I know the Rays are the Rays are so big brained that they don't even they don't even go with a closer anymore. They're like we're we're beyond closer stuff. <laughs> we're beyond having a closer. We're gonna win a hundred and and three games with no closer. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess Fairbanks is the closer kind of, but yeah, I mean, like you said, they just they play matchups all the time, which you know. Good for them. It, I mean, it makes sense for real baseball. It doesn't help. It doesn't help us in, with fantasy, but for real baseball, I mean, it does make sense to just use whoever is available. Because I mean, if they're all good, why have a set closer? It doesn't make. I mean, no one says you have to have a set closer. It's just something that you know teams started doing in the '80s and they kept doing it. But I. I mean, I kind of agree with Kevin Cash. If I were running a team, I would just use whoever. Um, but yeah, it doesn't really help us for fantasy, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, they it it helps also drive down the the cost of relievers. Non non closer reliever costs next to nothing in arbitration, so that that helps out the teams a lot too. Is just they do what the the Rays do, and the Rays are uh, number one in, in cash saving moves. Among all mm-hmm. teams, so uh, let's. You already mentioned Finnegan. Let's talk about a few other closers, and, and maybe we'll kind of do this as an ongoing thing every couple of weeks. Any closers that we think might get traded as we're coming upon the the MLB trade deadline? Uh, well, David Robertson should be traded. I would, if I were the Mets, I would trade him. Uh, unfortunately, the Mets are going nowhere fast. <laughs> They're just a mess. Uh, Kendall Graveman, if he could get anything uh, on the trade market, I would definitely move him. I don't know if, you know, I mean, it depends. David Bednar has been, you know, discussed in trade rumors, but I don't know. I mean, do the Pirates give up Bednar? I I mean, maybe, I guess, if the package is good enough, I I guess I could see it if they're uh, able to secure, like, some really good prospects or something. Yeah. I mean, I guess, but if I were the, you know, if I were the Pirates, I probably wouldn't trade Bednar. Um, but yeah, I don't know because you know he's under control for. I think he's a he's not a free agent until like twenty twenty seven. So yeah, I mean, I don't know why lose Bednar. Uh, anyway, uh, Jordan Hicks potentially, I guess, could potentially see. Uh, get traded uh i you know the cardinals are again not going anywhere so yeah i mean maybe josh Hader. i don't know if i really see josh Hader getting traded uh i guess i mean you know anything's on the table for teams that are losing and the padres are losing oh yeah <laughs> they, have, they have they have managed to figure that out for sure so i guess Hader could potentially go somewhere in a, a trade. I mean, he is a, a free agent um, for in 2024. So, yeah, I mean, maybe. I don't know. Uh, yeah, you have any thoughts on any of those guys? Uh, no, I mean, <clears throat> if, I mean, if it's me, I think all those guys probably should get moved. The Mets need to move every contract they can possibly get out the door. Um, Jordan Hicks, I mean, the Cardinals have – I mean, as much as they like Hicks, he's 
he's a little bit older. They have like four guys. They seem to be okay being closers out there. So that one, Bednar is about to hit arbitration, and they've already given him closer roles. So I wouldn't normally say that means the team moves him, but it's the Pirates, so maybe they move him. But they're also it, it feels like the Pirates are starting to move towards a more competitive window, at least, even if it's not <clears throat> ultra competitive. It's at least trying to look like they're competitive, kind of kind of Cubs-esque, where, like, we're trying a little bit here, guys. Like, give us a little bit of a break. Um, Hayter shouldn't be moved. I mean, the Padres are going nowhere. They don't need him. Um, same with Graveman. Like, use this opportunity while he's pitching well and while you have nothing to win, go ahead and move any older relievers, I think every bad team should move a reliever over the age of 30. Like, that's just not where you need to be. You can go find 30-year-old relievers at any given point in time. Just just go grab them in free agency before the season starts when it's time to make that run and you actually think you can be competitive. Um, and my biggest takeaway from everything you said was we 100% need a New York mess shirt. Like, <laughs> Mets logo, just M-E-S-S, and just... We need that on a shirt. That would sell. That would sell to Mets fans and Mets haters alike. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. All right, great. Let's talk about some waivers real quick, and then let's get out of here. Uh, okay, so um, besides the guys we mentioned, uh, you know, for the majority of this show, all the uh, the call ups, the uh, the Andy Rodriguez's and the CES <clears throat> and all those guys. Besides them. Uh, let's see. I mentioned, actually, I mentioned Alex call earlier. He's been hot. Uh, CJ Abrams has been hot. Kerry Carpenter hit, uh, he had a two homer game, I believe on Saturday. So, you know, that usually turns into something. Trent Grisham has actually been hitting, uh, surprisingly, but he has Tristan Cassis has been really hot. Um, Chaz McCormick. I don't know uh, when Jordan returns the, uh, the Astros are going to get a little bit tight there uh, in their lineup, but Chaz McCormick has been hot. He hit two homers on Sunday, I believe. Uh, Brent Rooker has been hot after having, uh, you know, uh, a hot April and then taking two months off. Brent Rooker has uh, <laughs> gone hot again. Uh, Dane Myers, guy who we talked about earlier, he's been hot. Um, Alec Thomas. Edward Julian uh, and Aaron Hicks. <laughs> Unfortunately, Aaron Hicks has been hitting, so it kind of makes sense that he's been playing over Kowser. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so there's some guys. Uh, it's been a short week, so there's not a ton of guys who have been hot, but yeah, there's a few. Yeah, it's a little bit of like hot, and then maybe some matchups in there. Um, Austin Gomberg. It- since we talked about him earlier, he gets Houston. Uh, I think that's a home start, though, so maybe not the greatest matchup for or time to throw him. Uh, Cutter Crawford's been pretty solid recently. He gets the, the Mets, who are flailing. Michael Lorenzen gets the Royals. Reese Olsen versus the Padres. Uh, Josiah Gray versus San Francisco. Don't love that one, but I still think he's probably fine. Domingo Herman at the Angels. Uh, Tyler Anderson is getting some random spot starts here as we're... Getting towards the end of the season, or the second half of the season, he gets versus Pittsburgh this week. And Trevor Williams, since getting a, a rotation spot, has been pretty solid for the or And he gets the Cubs this week, or at, at the Cubs, I guess you should say. So there's a few streamers for you. Uh, as always, if you have specific questions, you can come ask us on Twitter. I'm at RazBeatOn. Gray is the owner of the at RazBall account. 
find us on youtube.com slash rasballfantasy. You can leave comments there or underneath the articles at rasball.com if you want answers. And rate, review, follow us. All that always helps. Until next time, Greg, good luck in your matchups. Talk to you later. All right, lates.